The Mud Peddlers, a podcast where two nerdy ceramic artists share the behind the scenes of their worlds of clay. We're your hosts, Lindsay M. Dillon. And I am Dante of Earth Nation. All right, so today we thought we would give you guys a little bit of a fun extra episode. Uh, Dante and I are still glowing from our interview with John the Potter, and we wanted to give you guys some thoughts about, you know, our experiences with it, what we thought, you know, just kind of debriefing after a, a wonderful experience. Yeah, more of an extra content episode, but also kind of like a like a debriefing yeah. on like how that went and some of our thoughts on it. Nothing negative, of course. It's more so like, John is John is exactly what I thought he would be. Yeah. From his videos. Because mm. like, I feel like I watch my own videos sometimes and I'm like, that's not how I'd be all the time. I'm fairly antisocial. Yeah, Like yeah. if you walked up to me on the street and I didn't know you, I what do you want? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I feel like you could really walk up to John and be like, hey, and he'd be like, hi, do I know what's going on? I'm like, Yeah, he was like, to some degree, I agree with you because, you know, I, in preparing for the interview, you know, I listened to his interview with Potter's Cast. I listened to his interview with um, Ryan from Wheel Talk right. podcast. And his demeanor was like very friendly and everything. It actually made it a lot easier, I feel like, to do an interview because I was very nervous in some ways to be like, yeah. like I want, I wanted him to have a good time. I wanted it to be like conversational, <laughs> but also somewhat structured. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really glad, like John was, John was awesome. Super nice guy, super friendly and, um, a really good interviewee. Like one of the things that really stood out was like, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional interviewer no. by any means. Definitely. And none of us are. Yeah. None of us are. Yeah. So sometimes in asking a question, I would like preface it with a bunch of stuff and I'd kind of combine two or three questions into one thing. And I was amazed at how easily he was able to kind of wade through the, some of the prefacing, pick out, and then also remember like the two or three questions that I asked within one statement. And so I'm just right. like, that was, that was really cool and really helpful to like hear. So he's a really good interviewee, I would say as well. Yeah, I know. I, I definitely agree with you on top of the fact that like, I think the interview kind of humanized him for a, a bit for me and possibly yeah. other folks as well, because to hear that he has some of the same mannerisms that I have, or like my boss has, mm -hmm. it's like the reason my boss and I get along so well is because he gets obsessed with things for like three <laughs> or four months in a row. And to hear that personality trait come out of John is like oh good I'm not <laughs> like I'm not weird that's a thing that like people you know I yeah, feel yeah. like in a certain way we're cut from the same cloth but like we ended up being different shirts yeah you know what I mean yeah 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 I hear that that's a that's a good way of putting it I like the look in his eyes when I was like does your, does your like wife get tired of that too and he's like ha ah! <laughs> nervous laugh <laughs> oh my god uh, and i was like so does mine it's okay this is a safe space yeah yeah that was that was that was really funny that was really funny yeah oh my gosh yeah was there for you was there anything that like surprised you the most in talking to john the last question really surprised me because i was like well what would you do if you didn't do pottery and he was just like man i'd be a ski bum i would just be like like I would be the quintessential version of like a dude named Chad who's like, well, learn how to ski dog. Yeah. What about you? I think he would be a friendlier version of it though. Of course. Yeah. He'd be a friendlier. Yeah. Cause I think like, I imagine somebody with like a Bob Marley shirt, but just like in the winter. Yeah. You know, when I think of like a ski bum mm -hmm. is what I think about. Like someone who's like, 
you have a Lucy on you, bro? Uh, you know? I don't know if I could see him being that, like... I can't see him like that either. Yeah. So that's what surprised me the most is when he was like, I'd be a ski bum. I'm like, I don't see you like that at all. Well, well I think we can also have slightly different, like, impressions in our head, in our heads of what a ski bum is. True. You know, like, his definition of a ski bum might be a little different than yours. Yeah. It might be a little different than mine. It might just be somebody who skis a lot. Yeah. More so than they, like, work. I yeah. think my definition is, like, an actual bum. That skis. Yes, you know? yes. What about you? What was your most ah oh, most like surprising thing? Yeah, like what was the question that surprised you the most when he answered? Because a lot of them were standard. Yeah. A lot. I've talked to him before, so a lot of them for me was like I kind of knew that already. But what about you? Um. Well, I feel like okay. In small response to what you said, I feel like yeah. some of his responses, like yes, were things that we've heard in like other interviews. But yeah. I, I also feel like he put a different spin on some of the answers that. I haven't heard him talk about before, so that I thought that was really cool. I think the thing that was, I don't know if surprising is necessarily the right word, but the thing I found, I guess the th one of the things that overall stood out for me about the interview mm. was when he was talking about his confidence with things, because I think that was the question I was most eager to ask him is like, how, oh, yeah. how are you, how do you have the courage? And how the, are you so happy all the time? Well, not even like happy for me. It's just like, how do you do all the things that you do, how do you leap into these projects and like have the confidence to do it? Cause like, you know, again, as I said in the interview, like that's probably the thing I struggle with the most. And yeah. I found that interesting because like, again, in preparing for the interview, I ended up finding this one TED talk that was this woman who was involved in um, a program to help women get into coding. Mm. And her whole topic of the podcast or the uh, TED talk was that women are cultured and habituated. Women are raised to be perfect whereas men are raised to be brave. Mm -hmm. And I really connected with his answer mm. because the way that he talked about like how he just gets so like obsessed and interested in a topic that for him, at least how I understood his answer, yeah. it was that self-consciousness never came into the picture because he was so laser focused. Yeah, and that's I, fair. Yeah, and I found that really interesting because for me, like as a woman, my fear of not being perfect often stops me from doing the things that I'm interested in doing, which is part of the reason why, before we turn on the recorder, right. I thanked you for kind of helping light the fire under my ass to get this podcast started, because I don't know if that's something that I would have done at all, or it would have taken me a lot longer to like get up the the courage to do it. Nah, so. people, people need such little encouragement to do the thing that they could already do well without me. <laughs> and and Lindsay's a fine exit, not to make the, I know it's a John, but not to make about Lindsay, but like, <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay definitely has the skill set, the intelligence, the knowledge, and definitely the time to like do far more and far better than me than some like overweight uh, destiny bro. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'd, I don't know if I fully agree with you on that, but I. You just needed someone to be like, you can do it, and then you're like, no, and then I'm like, you can do it, and you're like, no, and I'm like, do it, and you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fairly accurate description of how this how this came about. Yeah. But yeah. Two months yeah. later. Do, I could do it. I, I could, know. I know. I was here watching you do. <laughs> it's just the 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 getting started and realizing that like, oh yeah, I actually do I have the time and it's and it's well rather it's not so much that I have the time, but I found a way to make the time to do it. Right. And it, it's okay if I didn't necessarily know what I was doing when I started out because you know you learn along the way. So, well, that's um, what John was saying too. He was saying yeah. like, you know. Yeah, actually hearing hearing him talk about that, like in that preface, in that in that discussion of like confidence now, it's like, it's okay if you don't know everything from the beginning. Like 
yeah, that I think was something that stood out the most for me. And I was yeah. super eager to hear yeah. his answer on that. I was like, oh, thank you. The other thing too, before I, cause I, I want to hear yeah. more about your thoughts yeah. is, um, I found his discussion of prioritize or prioritization to be really interesting because understanding that for the first year of him doing YouTube that he wasn't really focusing on oh, selling yeah. his work, yeah. that was amazing to me. Yeah. Because and then hearing that like okay, now that he has a really big following on YouTube, now he's focusing a little bit less on YouTube. I mean, he's still doing it, but he's, you know, what down to he's doing one video a week instead of two videos yeah. a week and spending more time focusing on throwing work that he can sell. And so yes. understanding that he actually, that he prioritized it that way mm. made my own thoughts about how I want to expand the various aspects of mm. my business feel a little bit more attainable. And it makes me realize like, okay, I have permission to say, do fewer Etsy updates because I want to do more sculptures or because I want to do more like mini books or just expand into others or just actually start a YouTube at some point. All yeah. these different things. So I think it's good to remember that the people who are really fans of yours are going to stick with you regardless of how fast you do your work. Mm. And like this, this might be a blanket statement, but like the people who don't stay with you, who aren't willing to wait for like your good work, were they really fans? Ah! You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's I a blanket statement, but it's also like, you know. You're gonna you're gonna have to wait a bit to get the sauce. The sauce. It made me yeah. really happy to hear about his prioritization as well because, as he said, for the first year to year and a half, he was like, I don't know, those videos are cringy and just kind of up in the air. And I'm like, that's how I feel. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, thank you for you know like because he kind of hit the ground uh, running when I saw him. Uh -huh. I was like, man, like you really knew how to. Whenever he has a new piece of equipment, mm -hmm. my brain goes. Well, now I gotta get that too. Ah. Like he has a uh, solar panels work in his kiln. That's so cool. And I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I've wanted those for like ten years. Yeah, well, you got a house now. You can you can actually do that. That's like, true. I have to build a second. We have to build a second story, and then I can put mm. like this is the forever house now. But yeah, he he's kind of like I like that he prioritizes things now in the way that it's constantly changing. Because he's like, well, I did three, and then I did two, and now I do one. Mm -hmm. But in in my mind, I'm like, well, you. You don't need to. You don't need to do two and three anymore. Like you're set. You can do one yeah. and be fine. Yeah. Um. I think in another podcast he said he uses the YouTube as kind of like a selling point for a lot of his yes. his artwork. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that differs from me and him is I use mine as more of like an education or a fun base. Mm -hmm. And a lot of his is like he uses it as a selling point. And well, I, not well. My understanding was that it's not like he uses it as a selling point, like it's his main form of income. Yes, it's just that like he uses YouTube as a way to encourage people to buy his work. Yeah, that's what I mean. And, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, and, yeah, and go I mean. to his Patreon. But okay, okay, yes. I hear what you mean. Of course, yeah, that's what I mean. As as for like, I don't think about that. And when he says it, I was like, should I start? Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I almost wonder if just just by having a YouTube. You're kind of already doing that because that's what I always thought too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's maybe I should just get more attractive. I mean, you're you're already stunning, Dante. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm over. If you like chunky boys, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> but if they not, two C's. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I think it was a really good interview because yeah, like I said, it kind of humanized him for me. Mm. We're like. Uh, to a certain degree, just like I think of him in the way that I think about myself on days where I'm really on the ball. Uh, you know what I mean? Where you're like, you wake up, you eat your steel cut oats. Oh, yes. You put a banana in there to get your potassium, make sure your muscles don't 
don't freeze up. You get your carbs, you start, you go to the wheel for two hours, you throw them pots, mm. you go love on the wife and kids, and then you go back to the studio for two more hours. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I thought he had, like, when you asked him about his schedule or, like, the rhythm that he does stuff in, I yeah. thought that he was going to be like, wake up at six, throw until eight, go send the kids uh. to school. You know, I thought he was going to have, like, a this, 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 this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead, um, I found that a lot of his answers were like, I should do a video on that. And I was like, oh, good. It's so, <laughs> good. It's so good to think that he thinks like that as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was actually something that kind of was I found interesting too like and I it like it came up for me also when I when I heard one of his interviews uh the interview that he did on the Potter's cast because he talked about how he likes to have his schedule somewhat fluid and unstructured yeah and that's like holy crap like that's amazing because again to me you like, don't think about him that way yeah yeah with all the stuff that he has to like coordinate I mean again for me I know that I'm probably always going to be someone who like aspires to like wake up at six throw till eight lunch for half an hour and then you know like I'm always probably going to aspire to that to some degree right but it's nice to know that like someone can be as successful as he is and not have to have that like uber 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 structured stress that militant schedule. like yes I like that too yeah 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 we did we did floss his book a little bit. Heck yeah, we did. I like that book. It's a good book. It's like I feel like I'm a kindergartner and somebody handed me a picture book, <laughs> and I'm like, no words, pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, uh, and you were saying you appreciate how there's a certain section of that book uh, that's kind of like dedicated to the business side of pottery. Yes, 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 yes. That that to it's me rare. Yes, I I literally don't know if I. I've I can't never, name another book. Uh, yeah, I and I, I, I mean, maybe there is one out there. If there is, send it to us because we want to know about it. Uh, yeah, to me, the parts that uh, the parts of his book that I really appreciated because you know the the instructional part of it, like to some degree, I, I know how to I know how to make the work that he you know shows. Like I know how to do cups, bowls, that kind of thing. But for me, what I really got out of the book was his introductory chapters where he talks about like how he got into ceramics, his journey, some of his yeah. thoughts about his business, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then at the end, where he kind of talks about his his, his approach to pricing, his approach to how to ship work, his approach to like his overall business philosophy. Like yeah. those are the parts of the book that like if you're if you're into ceramics and you want to learn more about it, like that's that is. But you already like know the yeah. basics of like how to throw and stuff like that. If you're thinking about getting his book, that is what I would say you will get value out of yeah. is learning more in depth about him from both his his longer introduction and then the the section at the end where he talks about business practices. Right. So. And I think it was it was also a statement that he made when he was talking about how like if I think one of our listeners asked a question to him about like how do you get into pottery or how do you get into like selling your pottery oh, if yeah, I remember yeah. correctly. Mm -hmm. And I liked the way he approached the answer when he was like, well, sooner or later, you got to get ready. Like, you, you got you either have to sell it or give it away. Mm -hmm. And he said, both are fine. Yeah. And I like that because yes. for a while on his YouTube channels, he comes off as so entrepreneurial that I'm like, man, he must have from the get go. He was selling. But mm. the way he responded kind of echoed a, a, an energy of like, no, I gave him away for a while. Mm -hmm. I just like sell them now because it's a detriment to like at the point in which I'm producing and making YouTube videos. And like it's more of, you know, it yeah. it serves me more so to fill uh, to sell the things that I enjoy making more so than it does to give them away at this point. Yes, yes. Um, that actually kind of reminds me of something that Tasha said in our 2020 Roundup episode mm. where she talks about 
because for her, since at least at this point, ceramics is not her like her full time thing. Right. That there's this pressure to always commercialize what you do. Yes. And the fact that John was talking about how if you want to give it away, like that's fine. Or if you're not interested yeah. in like if you're not interested in selling. In selling, like that's okay. And so I, I appreciated kind of seeing two different ceramic artists at different points in their careers yeah. appreciating the value of like not everything has to be monetized if you don't want it to be. Yeah. But if you do Here's some like tips on how to do that. Right. So. And I think I think I enjoyed I enjoyed the way he approached the questions more so than the answers of the questions, I think. Mm, how do you mean? He seems very chill. Mm -hmm. And there was like a 10% of my brain that was like, oh, what if he's like a super structured, you know what I mean? Like what if he's what if he's like, um, I feel like this is the wrong word to use, but what if he's like really anal about his work? <laughs> you know what uh, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like well, well, what made you like nervous about thinking about if that was the case? Well, because you never really know. Like I've talked to him on text plenty of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you never really know a person until you speak to them and see their body language and their mannerisms. Yes, yes, yes. And I was kind of worried that he would be like, um, who's the guy who created the Facebook book? The what? Oh, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, you know how like when he's in court, he's like looks like a like a robot lizard man. Oh. And that's the way he answers questions. Yes, yes. I was a little worried. That's the vibe I would get, but that's not what I got at all. Oh yeah. No, he's he's super chill. He's super friendly. Yeah. He he strikes me more as a family man, for sure. So, so nice. Such yeah. a nice man. Such a nice young boy. Yes. Ah! Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Is there is there anything that you that you didn't get the chance to ask him that you wish you had asked him? <laughs> no. No, because all the stuff that I want to ask him, I just text him. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, aren't you lucky? I sneaked in a couple questions before the interview. Oh, my God. Yeah, because we had to test. You Well, you know, but we had to yeah, basically yeah. test the connection on Skype like 30 minutes to maybe 45 minutes before we actually started the Skype. Skype call and recorded mm. everything and then we set up our microphones and our cameras and mm -hmm. all that we probably had like five pieces of equipment going on we at did. once actually yeah just just in case there's any listeners out there who are like how the hell did you put this technical aspect together right basically what we did is we had we had we were recording the Skype call yes we had our regular microphone that we always use to record the podcast going that you're hearing right now that you're hearing right now yes Dante had his camera recording yes for YouTube and then John also had his video camera going and his microphone yes and so, we all had to have we all had to have earphones because the sound came out of our computer and we weren't super close because of covid but we were close enough that there was an echo that there was an echo so we had to put like apple iphone whatever pod things in i don't know what they're called i don't use headphones like that but like we had to put them in so that it would cancel the noise coming from our actual computers yeah yeah so while we were talking there was constantly an echo on all of our sides <laughs> that we were just consciously ignoring yeah because we know that in post we're gonna get the actual audio from this from this recorder right yes here. yes fix it in post <laughs> yeah and so John yeah. John right now as as we're recording this is sending me the files through like our emails so that we can splice together an actual episode with good sound quality yes because yes, we're which, not giving you Skype quality oh god what? I was I'm so glad we didn't do that oh my god because it was booty it, it was uh, yeah, like it would have been it would have been rough because there was a lot of times that the audio would cut out which again made interviewing a little bit challenging because yeah. it's like we would start to say something and then stop and then and we'd have to kind of like figure that out. There's a lot um, of times where we're like, sorry, go ahead. Yeah yeah, 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 you know, I will say like the the fact that COVID has stopped us like so many people getting together in person I've gotten way more used to communicating over like discord. Oh. So I, I feel like 
if two years ago I had had this interview or we had had this interview with uh, with John, yeah. it would have been a lot harder to lot like harder. to deal with like the the technical interface. How but does this camera like, work? Yeah, yeah. But it was it was a lot easier to like communicate over uh, over video than I thought it would have been. I have to refrain from knowing that in like 30, 40 years, if I live that long, when I'm a super old dude, mm -hmm. my kid's like, Dad, just call me on the hologram. <laughs> and I'm like, the why? I had Instagram in my day. Oh my God. We just looked at pictures of butt all day long. And cats. And cats, and we liked it. What? And he's like, Dad, we can touch the holograms now. And I'm like, oh yeah, God. you kids don't. You, we had to suffer. Oh my God. <laughs> dude, you, you say that, but you know that like, we're gonna be living in VR world, like, oh, come that time. Yeah. Oh my god. And then we'll have a group of people, we're gonna have a little civil war against, like, the virtuals and the, the we'll call them, like, reallys or, or Reallys, oh my god. People who are like, no, it's against God's will oh, to geez. live in VR. I am full support for VR. Like, I think, I mean, I don't know. And I think we'll it's have hackers like, and we'll, we'll have oh, a whole thing. God, it's gonna be a whole thing. I can't, I kinda can't wait, though, because not gonna lie, like, there's no body shaming in VR when you can choose your own body. Yeah. If then, you have something that you don't like on your body, you can change it immediately. I was about to say something, but then I'm like, okay, then this would be... I can't be too explicit in two podcasts in a row, but there's certain things that I could never experience as a woman that I would be able to experience. Oh, I got it. Do you world. want me to do it for you? No, no, no. Don't say it. Are you sure? Don't say it. I could say it for no, you. No, don't say it. I think they know. I think they know. Oh, okay. We trust our audience enough. Y'all know what I'm talking about. All right, yeah. Anyway. You swing to the left and everybody ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah, we just kind of wanted to give you guys a little debriefing and a little bit of extra content about mm -hmm. our interview. I don't know if this will be a regular occurrence. I hella want to interview more people. We we will we will we will try. I've got some I've got some folks in mind, but I don't want to be like, "Hey," without talking to them right. first. So That's what I mean. I don't want to I don't want to like tease you and then not, I don't want to wake up the troops and not storm the beach. Yeah. I don't know if we're far enough away from January 6th to get too into military metaphors. That is fair. <laughs> That is very fair, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. February right now. It's February. I'm 50% stronger this in this month. <laughs> you are, my <laughs> dude. You are. I could lift a car, now I lift a truck. Yes. Um, is there anything you want to say before we go? I, just as a personal victory note, I'm really glad that I was able to keep my excited fangirl under wraps. I could for, see like, it as we were. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, as soon, as soon as we turned off the recorder, I was just like, Puddle of pee underneath. I her. mean, oh yes, I just you know, evacuated my bowels. No, <laughs> no, I was like my I body was, went to fight or flight mode like, from the excitement, and I peed <laughs> everywhere. I was I was really excited. Like like it was a combination of like holy shit, we're we have this amazing opportunity to talk to someone who's like such an icon in the world of like mm -hmm. ceramics and like YouTube ceramics. So just like that aspect of it, the fact that John was a super awesome, like kind person, a great interviewee. He was a sport about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And just like my own like nervousness of like, oh my God, I'm interviewing this famous person. I, I, I can't fuck it up. I you could... know, so it was like the release. And also like, I was prepping for this for like days. Yeah, she like, was. Oh my God. Like... Lindsay's a little bit more organized than I am. Oh. I'm, I have a couple organization facets about me, but Lindsay like has notebooks on notebooks on oh notebooks. Oh my God. Right? Well, the thing is I keep it all in one notebook, but there's just a shit ton that 
appears in a lot. that notebook. Yeah. And like the thing is too, the thing that's funny I've realized about my like process of going through this stuff mm. is like, so I'll have like a thing, like the interview with John the Potter, right? Yes. And then I go, oh my God, I have to research everything so that I do this really well. And then I spend hours and hours like, like <laughs> researching and like writing questions. And like, I call my mom and I'm like, mom, are these good interview questions? We talked for like two hours. I do some more research. And then I go, I didn't need to research all this stuff. I didn't need to stress We didn't need so any much. of it. But the only reason that I was able to eventually get to the point of being like, oh no, this is fine. This will be all right. <laughs> is because I put in all that time. So right. it's like, I know that like, all the research and all the prep stuff does help. But I think my goal is to like, when I have this kind of stuff on the horizon to like still do all the research, but maybe not be like as stressed about it. I overthought <laughs> it to the point where I reach rampancy and then I realized I don't have to think about it too much. Yeah, which is great because like you prep to the point where you don't need to prep anymore. Right, of course. Yeah. Yeah, um, just just for some of you listening to this right now, we did have like two, each of us had two sheets that Lindsay prepped out for us mm -hmm. in front of us, all full of all of the questions. Mm -hmm. And I think I even said during the interview, I was like, you're like, here's the questions. And I was like, oh, good. So I can ignore those. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then I died for a half second. I was like, oh, oh God, no. <laughs> Has Dante been debating me this whole time? <laughs> I'm gonna go off the rails. Oh my lord. John, what's your shoe size? That's not part of the questions, Dante. I don't care about the questions. And then that's when you hear Lindsay murder Dante over a <laughs> podcast. The questions actually <sighs> the questions actually did help a lot, to be honest with you. Mm. But I would have not prepped them, but then again, the interview would not have been as good. Cause yeah. I would have not prepped them. Yeah. They were better because Lindsay did so. I am I am really glad that like I feel like you know again not to not to like pat ourselves on the back too much, but I feel like oh wait no we got but I I feel like something that I really appreciate about like our dynamic is that like your laid backness helps me relax, and I feel like I'm able to add a little bit of structure that you maybe wouldn't have on your own, and I hope that you all enjoy that balance. So yo well yeah I've, I've always been taught to just admit like I used to love my debate team, and one of the most powerful things that you could ever do in a discussion or an argument, regardless of what you're having, not like we're arguing, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. is like just to audibly say and admit factually when someone has a point. And mm. that goes so far in life and even in our relationship is whenever you're like, whenever I say something and you're like, well, I don't know about that. I feel like this is what's going on. My brain goes, mm. my brain doesn't automatically go, no, your idea is dumb. <laughs> no, my brain yeah. goes, no, she she has a point. And my, my job as a fully grown adult human being is mm. to go, you're right. You have a point. Let's try that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. To leave to leave some room for other uh, like outside opinions. Cause yeah, yeah. If, and I think that's the that's the point of like having a free a free idea market. Oh God. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Is to like as long as uh, an idea, no matter how who it comes from, as long as an an idea has a certain amount of like mass or weight to it, it it should be given some sort of uh, credit, you know, yeah. and you have a lot of good ideas and a Thank lot you. of them have very good credits. And it's my, <laughs> it's my job to, at least in our relationship to go like, no, you're right. Let's try that out. Like, yeah. 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 And I feel, I feel the same way. Like, cause I, I think no, my ideas are fucking dumb. They are not, they are not dumb. Honestly, like, cause <laughs> I really struggle again with like, because I'm used to working completely independently. Right. I have had to learn how to like, let go of some things and be like, mm. okay, I may have like an idea of a certain way things like should go or whatever, but but Dante brings up a good point. That's a good idea. Right. So it's like, I, it's, I don't know, this is kind of cheesy, but like, I remember reading this quote a while back that was like, 
you know, humans, humans are like diamonds, you know, we, we need each other to, to shine our brightest because by, in a non-sexual way, rubbing up against each other, you know, we, we learn from each other. We shine brighter because of our interactions and what we learn from other people. So yeah. anyway. Steel sharpens steel. Yeah. Yeah. You don't rub up against wood and get sharper. <laughs> okay! I mean, your mom does, but... Oh my god! And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to The Mud Peddlers with Lindsay M. Dillon. And Dante of Earth Nation. Want to say hi and see what Dante and I are working on in our studios? Check out the show notes for links to our websites and social media below. You can find me at lindsaymdillon.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-M as in monster, D-I-L-L-O-N.com. And on Etsy, Instagram, and Facebook at Lindsay M. Dillon. And you can find me at Earth Nation Ceramics. It's spelled exactly how you think it's spelled. But you can also find me on my Facebook fan page and Instagram at the same name at Earth Nation Ceramics. If you enjoyed hanging out with us today or you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, take a second to rate and review The Mud Peddlers in Apple Podcasts. It helps our podcast reach new listeners, and we really appreciate the feedback. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.